0: Where's Jack gone? Are we live on air now, or what are we doing?
1: We are live, and this is basically my job as a producer. right I sit here and talk while Jack fixes things. It's, it's been three weeks of trying okay. to hunt you down, but I managed to get you. You did? <laughs> <laughs> you did? You put a bit of effort in, all right, that's for sure. I got yeah, the emails. Uh, comments. I, I think it was just one email, to be fair, but it was like 10 comments on every live stream you that's did. That's true. And I managed. I finally pulled you.
0: It was. I am sorry. It's, that's all there's right. There's so many comments. Mm. so many comments.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're broadcasting to 10 people. You're broadcasting to 100 simultaneously. So uh, I, I think we can let you off there. Yeah. Shane, do we have the sound? I'm
0: the... Those, those stupid join things go up on the screen. And it mm. just pushes the comments up the whole time. Yeah. It just makes it impossible to see what people are saying. And you have to kind of mm. focus on one. And then there's a bazillion questions after that one <laughs> you just focused on. You should change your username to Captain Stupid
1: Bollocks. See, that's his other job. <laughs> How's the actually... <laughs> as, <laughs> As I s- are us. <laughs> How's the how's the sales going? Are you, you're selling the Captain Stupid Bollocks merch now, aren't you?
0: Yeah, that was being sold through um a, a group down in Kerry who came in to me as soon as that video went live. The very first time I actually did that <laughs> was a guy called what was the guy's name. Captain Ringworm, or something, was the guy who commented the original. So, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as that video went viral and just started to really pick mm-hmm. up where I just called him Captain Stupabolics, the t shirt company came out to me and go, You got to make t shirts out of this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it started to be sold. But, a uh, new line of merch is coming out now, which is going to be my own logo and stuff i'm gonna drop mm. the it's run its course kind of captain products. is kind of finished <laughs> now other people still buy the t-shirt yeah
1: mm, yeah and even you've, you've launched bobcast which um we did speak on the show i don't think it's yeah it's enough away from we kind of own the irish podcast scene it's enough away from the irish from the what we do here to be acceptable uh, so you do like what is it an episode a week or two episodes you're pumping them out there's a lot of shows one episode
0: a week yeah, a lot yeah. Of sh- I, lot, lot I record of sh- about four or five in a week though so mm. then i just do one in a week after that. i just I haven't really advertised this i haven't really mm. done a whole lot but other than giving the odd mention here and there i haven't really pushed mm. it i want to make sure people would have a few hours of it to listen if they actually liked it rather than yeah. pushing a first episode where they get mm. to hear one and then there's no more to listen to they just disappear on you you know yeah so i give them a little bit to go out the time
1: <laughs> yeah and um, and so I I suppose the the first question really is I was I was watching a video uh, from about ten years ago, and does the name Smokers Pack ring a bell?
0: It does, yeah. That was the original (laughs) name of my website, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, which was
0: a scary name to have. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was genius, but Mm. it wasn't actually. (laughs) I thought it was good.
1: So bring us back, how long has this been your career? Because it seems like that video was uploaded in 2010, September the 14, 2010. How long have you been doing this whole shebang?
0: Oh, I think it's 2009 when I kind of started, just messing mm-hmm. around with it at least, yeah. Uh, so I started reviewing kind of used cars, stuff from dealerships, or even just looking at press releases and just writing about cars, just absorbing cars. But I've, I've, my whole career and pretty much every job I've had that's to do with cars at some point or another. So I've always been in the car trade, but not reviewing cars. Mm. Reviewing cars started about 10 or 11 years ago with, with Ernest And really, the, from the first video, like the the first one, I think, was a Nissan Leaf launch or something here in mm. Ireland. And I just went along to launch it. And Nissan, I won the very first iPad for doing that video.
1: <laughs> so. Really? The,
0: iPad one, I still have it downstairs. Big block of a thing, massive thing now. But uh, so I won that off Nissan. I thought, God, I'm onto something here. You know, it's like this sounds kind of give me a free iPad for doing some videos. This is easy, you know, mm. not easy, of course. But yeah, uh, that was the first one I did. Yeah.
1: So, what were you a mechanic or what was the, what did you do before? This is the question that everybody asked me to ask. What did you do before Smoker's Back, before reviewing cars?
0: So, right before that, I was unemployed. Because it was the market crash, it was two thousand and eight. Mm. Uh, so, everybody was made redundant for the job I was in, which was a purchase manager for the bathroom industry. Oh, so I used to I used to buy in like thousand euro taps and big expensive sinks. These were like Ronan O'Gara's house. Most of the Irish rugby team bought the stuff we were importing at the time. Mm. Uh, and just before that, I actually worked in the motor factories which was Newbridge Auto Parts in Newbridge, but I was there for years. So I was mm. there a long time in Newbridge Auto Parts. I only was three years or something, four years. Mm. It's part numbers in a motor factories versus part numbers that are plumbing supplies. Mm. You still don't really, you know, it's the part yeah. numbers. Number. It could be a shock absorber, it could be a tap. Mm. As a part number, it doesn't matter which one it is. Mm. still purchase manager stuff. So then... And in Newbridge mm. Auto Parts, I worked as a mechanic and messing mm. around with cars and playing with stuff and building things,
1: all that stuff. So what was the What was the thing that made you finally go, OK, I'll try reviewing a car. I'll try pursuing this because presumably, I mean, of course, you've been a mechanic for and you were working in the auto parts and you're doing all those kind of things. But to actually join the media angle of that, what was the genesis of that idea?
0: So that's actually a really good question, believe it or not. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's probably the best question I've ever been asked on one of these podcasts. <laughs> that's our job. So um. Realistically, it was my... I had a love of Top Gear. Mm. Uh, the TV show Top Gear. Jeremy Clarkson, James May, Richard Hammond, all that stuff. And I watched that my whole life. I'd watch mm. that sort of thing. And i watched watch Fifth Gear. I'd watch anything that was to do with cars on TV. Mm. I didn't realise while I was watching that that I could do that as a career. <laughs> that ne- Those two little connections mm. never happened. That I could make money so that people would give me free cars and I could get paid for mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. This didn't make any sense. I thought it was just like a TV, like every other TV show. Mm. But then in... YouTube just appeared, you know, yeah. so YouTube came about. And then suddenly you were democratized as to what you could put up as a video. Mm. So I thought, well, what if I was, I like cars, I like mm. Top Gear. What if I made some films about cars in Ireland, which I was actually going to do, like Drift Scene or mm. Racing Scene or something. Like these press cars didn't seem to exist for me. Mm. But after I uploaded the first video, it was a Nissan Leaf 1, and uploaded another couple of videos of, of private cars, which are removed since they were kind of used cars. Mm. Stuff, they were crap reviews, and it was a rubbish mm-hmm. camera then renault rang me and said do you want to have a press car so i went yeah sure what's mm. a press car exactly what's that mean <laughs> so i said come here, there's a car keep it for a week drive it around and tell us what you think of it so i made a video of that which made everybody else go this guy's making videos no one else is doing videos in ireland at the time no one actually mm. was uh, and so they all sent me a car all of a sudden i mm. got so that, cars everywhere i had was... no way of getting from car to car i had to mm. take buses to go back. I, Like <laughs> i was missing weeks where i was on foot walking across dublin looking for a car you know <laughs>
1: So that was, let's see, so that was 2010 and it's been an 11 year journey, they say every overnight uh, sensation is 10 years in the (laughs) making. And really, to, to a yeah. TikTok, you were a little of an overnight sensation. I think there's a few reasons. I mean, people love the, and if you don't mind me, people love the older, like, you know, the, for the 30 plus. They love those people on TikTok because it's kind of like the, the wisdom, all that uh, idea. But then replying to comments has really been your, I suppose, innovation within Irish TikTok. Very few people actually do that.
0: Yeah, it kind of freaked me out at first because I thought, I thought TikTok was a place. Actually, I started out with like 1200 followers, something last October, Mm -hmm. really a small amount of followers. And I answered one question. It was the first question that actually, I just made a video response to the the question Mm because I'm much faster in video. Than being restricted to those little few words that you can stick on the screen as a comment reply. Mm. So I did a video back to it, and that video got so many hits and so many mm. questions, and I just started relentlessly doing it without mm. realizing that I was actually uploading all the time because we're all in lockdown. I had nothing mm. else to do. Yeah. <laughs> Literally sitting mm. there all day just going, yeah, i just answer that one, that one, that mm. one. And within, like, it's very hard to explain what, it, what it, when I say that I had 20,000 followers in the first week Mm. So in that single week period, mm. you you wake up and the little number at the bottom of the screen goes plus 2,550, mm. plus 3,000. Mm. And you just don't know what you're supposed to do with that. Like, you,
1: yeah. <laughs> you don't
0: know, is this bots? Is this fake? Or what's going to happen next? So... Yeah, in, in the video response, now I see everybody does video response, so it's kind of tapered mm. off now, but everybody does the video response, or just, um, I, I suppose you could nearly say it's spamming uh, the algorithm mm, yeah. to make it do what you want to do. Mm. Uh, people started writing, writing articles about me dominating the car scene mm. on, on TikTok, which is exactly <laughs> what I was trying to do anyway.
1: Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, let's see. So, that's, isn't that really interesting that the economic crash of OA's brought up upon your your first venture into this career and then essentially the other recession of 2020 kind of brought it to the next level mm.
0: Yeah, It put a laser focus on what you want, I mean if you want to do something and I didn't know what I wanted to do with TikTok I, mm. I'd started TikTok accounts ages before, like ages before but I didn't know, TikTok to me seemed like dancing people, <laughs> a place where people did miming, mm. that did kind of a, a structured sort of a very flow movement thing or something so I'm, I'm not a dancer i don't do mimes i'm not into singing so none of this stuff made any sense for me so i like just sweeping through tiktok just to see what people we are talking about but then of course uh once you narrow it down to what you like then the algorithm feeds you more of what you like and then the algorithm features you things you don't like as well and just kind of you find your way through the whole thing but i, I didn't look up for the first month i didn't take a breath. I just continued to push as hard as I could to make that channel grow as fast. I didn't look at people's accounts. I didn't really look as to who the, who I was answering, whether they were old, young, different. Mm. It didn't really matter what their level of experience was was coming at me. Mm. I was getting the answers I know best. And I suppose some people kind of latched on to the big brother thing or the, the daddy yeah. thing, I suppose, get asking dad a favor or asking dad a question to try and get mm-hmm. stuff done. So some people log on to that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. And I'd say it must get annoying, though. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same questions quite a bit. It's like, any update on the learner test? Uh, you know, what car should <laughs> I get? I'm 20 or blah, blah, blah. It's the same few questions. I'd say you'd love if you could just pin different responses.
0: It would be nice if you could actually just go. This is the response to what is the best car for a, for a starter car. This mm. is the response. You know, you can. Yeah. It'd be nice to do that. But some people, because of the the speed of rotation of TikTok, because people log on to create an account and it disappeared, then their account just disappears or deleted and they delete it and create a new one. There's people coming on to TikTok now who have never seen me or you before. Mm. You know the. Yeah. just hitting our we're just turning up on their for you page and going oh look at what is this guy's podcast it's the first question out of someone's mouth mm, you know they, yeah. they start asking the same question again so i suppose the attention span of younger mm. people the attention span of older people now as well has fallen to such a degree that they need that 15 seconds if it's a minute it's too long <laughs> it's <laughs> this, this 15 mm. second window to get to get to ask that one question and it seems very urgent at that mm. moment so yeah. it does it does great after a while the same question coming up but yeah, you just kinda of deal with it. I've answered them so often now it sounds easy when I answer them now because I've answered them before.
1: Mm. Before so before uh, lockdown, what what was your what were you at what were you Because I see you for a period of time you worked in the Irish Times or uh, the maybe the org parent organization of the Irish Times and you were producing content for them. At the end of yeah. Yeah, it's what was. Or, sorry, the endo. What what was the what was the ten years there? Can you bring us through from Reynolds giving you the press car all the way up? Because I see even you did some work with Radio Midlands. You've got like a really diff you know, a zigzag career.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's hard to quantify as a career. I just love putting out the content about mm. cars, so I don't really care what the what the format is. Mm. The Format is, is just a, a way of containing you into one space, but. Um, so, like, 10 years ago, no one in Ireland was doing it. There was no new motoring journalist really had come along in a long time because it was quite a closed organization. You were talking mm. about maybe 25 people in the whole country who was getting access to the cars mm. or the trips. And I come along and I land like I've landed from lunar Mars. So I've mm. come from space, mm. essentially, because most people who, who become motoring journalists come through the newspaper industry. They start out in a local newspaper. They get graduated up. They're the sports reporter to get handed some cars as well. Mm. So they become the motoring journalist, not because they specialize in it, but because it's like a bonus job. Mm. I hadn't done any of that. I just started making YouTube videos. Mm. (laughs) So I came in the other way around. So uh, like any of these kind of national press launches that Mm. you get a select few coming along and here's me sidling in. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the kind of, what the routine is here. Who do I talk to? Who do I know? Just a new kid in town. And weirdly, being kind of the youngest modern journalist there too, and this is 10 years ago, so I'm old now, but it was all then as well. I'm still kind of the oldest one, but during the next 10 years, then it, it expanded very quickly because people in the car industry move very fast. So they realized that YouTube was growing very quickly, uh, online media was growing very quickly, and that's what happened to the Indo. The Indo decided to move, or the Irish Independent, decided to move a lot of its content online and have online a separate online team that would run separately from the newspaper. And that's where I was drafted in to make the motoring section work. So I became, for about twelve months, I became motoring editor there and a motoring journalist there, which brought me everywhere in the world—just America, everywhere, just to go and do cars. Um, And then when I finished on that, that was just a one-year contract. Uh, The Irish Independent has been sold twice, I think, since then. So it's—it's never worked for it, Mm. never wasn't the team the team was good but they just didn't know what they wanted to do it's Mm -hmm. not old forces pulling on new forces you get Mm -hmm. young people trying to do something that old people don't want them to do and they're all in the one room together Mm -hmm. Uh, so it became a difficult place for all of them to operate um no one who was there in the year i was there is still there they're all doing different jobs Mm -hmm. everybody's gone off to different different careers entirely i'm still doing what i was doing but i'm just not doing it for them Mm -hmm. um and then when I get out of that, of course, it becomes cars. Everything's about cars. Suddenly I'm flying all over the world testing cars, just mm. going all over Europe, uh, North Africa, weird places where car companies, cheaper for car companies to bring all the journalists to the country instead of bringing all the cars back out to the, the journalists. to would be stupid. like. Mm. So they bring us to places and because of five-star hotels for 24 mm-hmm. hours. You actually see more airports than you do hotels. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you did not know that. Mm. And that's kind of bringing it up to today pretty much. When the pandemic hit, I had gotten off a plane Started talking about in October 19-ish. Mm. Uh, and journalists started to become a little bit cautious because we are all in big rooms together and traveling mm. to airports. Lots of foreign places. Mm. So lots of precautions going on. But then by March uh, of last year, I, I had gotten off a plane from Barcelona. didn't feel very well for about three days after that. And then lockdown happened, weirdly. Mm. I don't think I had coronavirus, but mm. I just think it was one of those asking calls that passed by. But that brought everything to a complete halt. But fortunately, I'm still online I was always online. It's not like a, a normal newspaper thing, so I could still continue to make videos about cars, just not travel stuff.
1: Mm, yeah, exactly. Now, um, I suppose, yeah, I think, I think the, the obvious kind of thing then next is the next gear. So try and explain to me, if you will. So there's Bob Flavin and then there's the next gear, which was uh, previously Smoker's Pack. If you go to the nextgear.com, yep. it's pretty much it's since 2019, it's pretty much uh, vacant. What's going on there? Is the next gear just yep. kind of your holding company or something like that?
0: Well, that's what I was going to do. So my my intention was to make a full website about cars. So mm. we'd have text reviews and video reviews and pictures and everything else and and the more i did all of those strands, and i can do those i can write when i want to and i can make videos when i want to but the more i did the text the more i realized people really actually want to be in video weren't really looking for the blog posts or the test but po- mm. and less and less people are reading now so less people w- they want to s- they want a 200 word synopsis of what mm. you're going to say in the video that's mm. that's as yeah. far as <laughs> and that's only for indexing for google like mm. nobody yeah. reads this stuff mm. uh, even if you look at descriptions on youtube where people get to write as much as they want to write 99 mm. percent of it is copy and pasted from the video before because it's the good crm mm. and then you get a little bit of text on the top explaining what you're going to see and that's it that's all people write so mm. the more more people wanted video the more I realized I'd need to concentrate just on the YouTube channel rather than trying to divert an audience to the next gear and then bring it back towards YouTube again or mm. embed the videos on the next gear or whatever. You know, it just didn't yeah. make a lot of sense. It was wasting mm. my time as well. So mm. I just ended up making the videos, just sticking with videos or sticking with video related content like mm. Instagram or mm. or YouTube or TikTok or whichever one is that mm. that uh, everybody moves about onto.
1: I'd imagine one of the difficulties being a motoring journalist is that if Renault give you a car, and I believe you've actually soured relationships with, is it Opel? But if if they give you a car, it's very difficult to go, yeah, this is shit, I hate it, and, you know, give it back to them. Because, you know, you're a little dependent to a degree, I would imagine, on, you know, whatever, the six car companies that's around.
0: There is a certain amount of dependency and I suppose friendship when you come to to ringing up, looking for a car, trying to get a loan of a car, trying to get something that's maybe more unusual. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes car companies will bring one car to the country and only give it out to five or six people. To try and get on that list of five or six people can take a lot of negotiation. Mm -hmm. But really what a car company wants is for people who have a reach to talk about the car. Don't really necessarily care what you say as long as you're within the guidelines of, as long as you're not sticking the boot into something unwarranted, Like, Mm. you know, there's, if there's a reason why you're saying the car is crap, then there's nothing they can do to argue with you. But if you're Mm. just standing there telling them the car is crap, when everyone else has said it's good, Mm -hmm. then you you stand out like a sore thumb. So it's pretty easy to see from other people's reviews. Plus there's very few bad cars around. Like it'd be hard enough to find, car companies know when they've made a bad car. Mm. It goes through so many engineers and and management and performance, professor, doctor, something or other has Mm -hmm. tested already before you get anywhere. They have a good idea of what Mm -hmm. you're gonna say before you say it. Mm -hmm. A lot of the good PRs in this country will ring me up and say, I have a golf hour for you. I really want you to drive so to be they know I'm going to like that car because mm. it's a high-performance car because it's cool and all. You know, so mm, they won't yeah. offer you the kind of lower-end spec because mm. they know what you're going to do before you get it. So, but yeah, I have Sarge. <laughs> you usually patch them up over, over time. You, you tell them you don't like their car and they go, what do you mean? It's like deflating something. It's like telling you don't like their shoes or something. You know, it's mm. like, you no, know, you can really, it's like a personal damage to some of them out there. Other mm. ones don't really care. just go. yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, we'll give you here's a different car. Try this one at that.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh... One of the interesting things I thought as well, as somebody who has must have driven thousands of cars, do you have a favorite car that you ever got to drive?
0: There's been a few over the years. So usually once a year, something will pop up that's just outstanding Mm. above everything else you've driven. So to kind of put a context on it, I might drive on a busy year, including international launches and messing around overseas and stuff. There could be three to 400 cars in the whole year, variants on a car, Mm you've got like a golf R, a a golf gti golf plus golf something. you know there could mm, be four or yeah. five w- versions of the car so to find one that stands out in that and even remember what you drove last week there's times where i've flown back to airports and i can't remember what car i'm supposed to be picking up in the car park you know mm. i don't know what the car mm-hmm. is so it can be easy to lose jokes. but over the years the, i suppose my favorite car has been in the last couple of years the audi rs7 which we only had like two years ago it's very rarely do I get a car that I think about when I'm not driving it. So mm-hmm. when I get out of it and I go and do work or whatever, I'm sitting down and I'm going, I'd like to go for driving that the rs yeah. <laughs> do we need something mm. in the shop. Like, can mm. I just go yeah. out for the crack and going out in the middle of the night and just mm. burning through petrol just because you want to drive something is very rare. Mm. Uh, other cars be like that would be like BMW M5 did that to me as well. Um, Not very popular anymore, but it was mm. popular at the time um Any of those kind of high-performance yokes have just been all like that. Just the desire, like any none of the electric cars I've had in the last couple of years. Get them, you had them outside, and you pick them up in the morning, you go off for drive. You don't, th- they're good, but you don't mm. really think about driving them when they're not. there. Yeah. you're always worried about charge or putting them I mean, mm. in or something, you know. Mm. Uh, whereas that Audi just uh, stood out like a sore thumb.
1: What's it like being your neighbor? I'm not sure where exactly you live, but do are the neighbors constantly hassling you to, you know, kind of peering in? What's Bob got today?
0: Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I know I'm awesome. For the first couple of years, it was really weird, really strange because cars were coming and going. And one of the neighbours around the place asked me, how, what's going on? Was I a car dealer? You know, was mm. I selling these cars or what? And thieves. I just, on the spur of the moment, I just mm. said, I bought a new car and I didn't like it. So I gave it back to the dealership. And he's just replaced it with a different one. <laughs> that stuck for a good couple of years. Yeah. That was kind of sticking around. And I was <laughs> changing my car every single week. But then, of course, I was changing my car every three or four days. And mm. there was lads with trucks turning up and dropping cars off in the <laughs> morning. It became like a dealership around the mm. place for a bit. So it still can be like that at times
1: mm. is that uh, clark's uh, you mentioned top gear and fifth Gear. when i watched fifth gear it was pretty poor is would clarkson be and clarkson and cole would they be pretty much your biggest influence
0: yeah as review goes as much as we kind of you can either like or dislike jeremy mm. clarkson you can you can hate the guy if you really want to hate the guy he off air he might be a real arse to deal with but mm. on air there's nobody reviews a car like jeremy McLaren. he's one of the best writers in the world if you read his writing he's actually mm. an amazing writer he's got a talent for for beat and method and stuff um but on air nobody can review a car he can bring you through the troughs and the mm. peaks of any single that's out there and especially when you sit back it's different when you're sitting down as an audience member you haven't touched the car he's driving and he gives you a review of it that's brilliant but when you've actually driven the car that he's driving and you sit back and look at the review and go, nah, I don't think he's right there. It's weird. It mm. changes the <laughs> whole aspect when you start testing the cars mm. he's tested, you know. Because mm. that's when I when I started. They were coming to an end. They had a couple of seasons left before he punched a man in the mouth. <laughs> um, and that was bringing it all just to a grinding halt. And that's mm. when I was kind of starting to review cars. So we mm. started reviewing cars at the same time as their review on car so you're looking at his review going nah, that's crap he doesn't know <laughs> what he's talking about <laughs> it changes everything
1: uh, you've got well, i think you've got got up to 80k and you mentioned clarkson and co would you ever consider or would it be an ambition to get on tv to get on rte or whoever uh, is remaining and have a similar show or are you content with what you have right now
0: I never, it never started out as a destination, like TV was never a proper destination. It comes up every year, some production company will come on and go, we're going to make a car show and we'd love you to be on it, right? And Mm -hmm. then you go, yeah, yeah, whatever. Because Mm -hmm. you know, they're just going to disappear or Mm -hmm. they're going to, they won't get money. It's all about money. It's all about advertising and money. So I'm not sure we can actually have an independent proper car show on Ireland. Without it being on an RT, and even if mm. it was on RT, I think that'd still be dependent on the advertising attached to it. So if you look, a lot of the shows are are sponsored by a car company. You see, like the Late, Late Show is sponsored by Renault or mm. Dicey or someone. You know, so mm. so there's already mm. a very tight relationship, and that's not given out about RT. But I just think it would be very difficult to try and get yeah. something totally independent in primetime style on RT. You'd have to go the route of Top Gear. Mm. It Have to be a funny sort of travel thing that happens to feature the odd car here and there. Mm. And then the problem begins, the audience go, goes, well, these guys think they're just top gear. So immediately you get compared to top gear. So you mm. can't do anything in the car space without actually being compared to top gear at some point. And you're right, fifth gear, and I know all the lads on fifth gear, I know a lot of guys with fifth gear, it was like the poor cousin of top gear, and that's the mm. problem. Yeah. It's actually a good standalone show. If you've never seen Top Gear, Fifth Gear's okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but if you see Top Gear, then Fifth Gear looks like a poor imitation mm. version of it, you know?
1: Yeah, like the guy who was second in class to Leonardo da Vinci. Good painter, but nowhere near Leonardo. Yeah. Uh, it's nice, see. but it wouldn't let me near me walks. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, so one of the other things, uh, I thought being a motoring man, it's an interesting the, so the diesel, the attack on diesel and petrol cars continues and continues. Now I've seen you review quite a few electric cars, and the EU and even ourselves have set all these kind of deadlines and standards. Do you think they're they're actually, you know, realistic? From where I'm standing, they just seem a little bit nuts.
0: A lot of it is airy fairy. So a lot of it is like pie in the sky because politicians know they're not going to get elected again. Mm. So you can make a rule today as a politician, you can sit down and go, I'm going to end world hunger. (laughs) knowing full sure that in four years time, you're not going to get elected anyway. So you can make all the promises you want now, Mm. but you're you're dialing out in a couple of years time. Right. (laughs) Mm. So it's the same sort of principle. It's not that we're not urgently looking at it, but car companies are buying into it. So we are starting to see more electric cars, but car companies are designed to make money. It's not about environment. It's not about Mm. saving the planet or anything. It's making money. They Mm. turn over cash. They turn over cars and cars are cash long term. So they'll do what the EU says until they, until they say they, they won't do it anymore. They'll just stop. they just go, now that's all the cars we can produce. Or no batteries left. Or they'll make up some reason and they'll continue with the ICE engine. Mm-hmm. Um, so internal combustion has been the king, but it's only been the king about 100 years now. Less than 100 years. The first cars were actually electric. Mm-hmm. Very first cars ever made outside of... Uh, uh, they were made in, in Scotland, actually, the first electric car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's been around ever since. And people like Henry Ford and uh, Thomas Edison actually produced the first electric cars that we ever had before mm-hmm. they produced the combustion engine. And it was only World War One that generated the need for combustion, that you couldn't mm-hmm. charge an electric car on the front line in France. Mm-hmm. But you could bring petrol out there. So that's mm-hmm. where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that that happened, the more we're into this cycle now of having, having this idea that diesel and petrol is the only fuel. Mm. and this electric is like a poor cousin when actually actually is getting pretty good it's getting pretty interesting now but they still haven't made good honest cars that you really desire it's the noise mm. is missing and the, the pantomime and the fear of driving fast is kind of disappearing out of those cars
1: yeah because it just seems like okay you know you're saving the world but if you you know if you break down or whatever you run out of charge in fucking connemara you don't care that you're saving the planet you're stuck in Connemara or wherever it is, you know, it's, it's like, okay. More
0: still, you're stuck in a, plugged into a wall, kind of waiting for a
1: charge. Yeah. I and mean, you have exactly. to buy the
0: coffee and you have mm-hmm. to sit down, getting fat from the donuts waiting for another charge. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, is there, so in terms of a young person, uh, I, I've started looking at cars recently and I think uh, I decided that a nice BMW would be nice. And then I started looking at coupe. That'd be nice. And I had ran myself up to 18 grand. And then I spoke to my dad and he said, Oh yeah, that's whatever four grand insurance on that as well is there uh, you know is there anything that young people can get that isn't a yaris that you know looks pretty respectable and you can get on the road for a reasonable price
0: not really being <laughs> honest with you you have to stay down in the size of the engines and the, the smaller engines are disappearing so the, the one liter petrol is slowly it's the yaris is left there's a micra there's maybe a, a hyundai i10 or something one of those little tiny cars are still mm. one liter. most of them now have moved on to 1.3 1.4 but insurance companies hate you mm. that's really <laughs> what it comes down to they know they can charge young people a fortune in money mm. and mommy and daddy will stump it up if necessary to mm. get you on the road yeah. so they know you're like a captive audience the desire of freedom and that's what cars are all about cars are not about speed or mm. transport or none of that it's mm. freedom It's being able to get in behind the wheel of a car turn the key mm. and drive to the make to see Mm. When you see the sea, you learn south and just follow the coast. Mm. That's the freedom part. But car companies know, or uh, insurance companies know well that they can charge you four, five, six grand. Mm. And you're going to have to pay because mm. you're not going to get a quote anywhere else. It's any less than that. Mm. They're never going to take a chance on you until mm. we bring in proper legislation, until we actually take the insurance companies to task and the banking industry to task mm. and and figure out a way that we can make young people more affordable on the road. Because ownership is dropping. The choice is dropping. We inherently put young people into the shittiest cars we can find on the road. Mm. The cheapest, nastiest, least safe cars that we can get on the road. And we end up paying more on insurance than the car is worth. Mm. it's a bad system, and it's been around since I was a kid, at least.
1: Mm. Yeah, and even, uh, I remember you did, uh, recently you did a breakdown of, like, a 30 grand car, and it goes up to, I think it was 70 grand, or, you know, something insane with yeah. the VAT, and what's the other thing, the VRT. VRT, is the yeah. Other one, yeah. It's like, we're getting taxed on every, it's just, it's absolutely ludicrous. Getting taxed
0: on tax. Actually, yeah. your fuel is taxed on tax as well, because it's a thing called exercise duty on top of VAT, on your on your petrol mm. and diesel at the, at the pump, so about 80 cent in every litre, 80 cent in every euro from a petrol station goes in and tax, just tax to the, to the government. And the same for VRT. Every car has VRT paid on it. But all these new beautiful electric or semi-electric PHEV, BMWs with 11 and a half or 12,000 euros worth of tax just to have a license plate. Mm. And they tax safety equipment, like they tax <laughs> they tax airbags, right? so They tax things that mm. would be necessary. Mm. I reckon if, you know, Tiger Woods collision that he had mm. in, in the yeah. United States. His car, say them, Hyundai, it's a called a Genesis over there, but Hyundai are very happy with this car after saving his life and all. Mm. I reckon he would have died in this country because all that safety equipment would have been taxed to death. They would have just taken <laughs> it out to make the car cheaper. It's mm. so heavily taxed here. It's crazy. We're probably, the, if you calculate it all up, we'd be one of the highest tax rates for vehicles, for personal vehicles in Europe.
1: Mm, yeah okay well you've given us so much of your time we just have one the bob cast is good but i don't believe you have a game bob we are famous on this show for our games shane are you still awake
0: <laughs> i am
1: awake okay good so uh bob how it's gone down so far is unfortunately shane has won two out of uh the he, he's two for one anyway so if you cou- if you wouldn't mind beating him, <laughs> that would be excellent uh, let's see where where am i here uh okay yes so this is the spotify well i better not let you see that uh this is the spotify game it's the young person versus it's the sorry not young person it's the retro versus modern so what i'm gonna do is i'll give you bob uh so for example here do you think uh pop smoke or polo g (laughs) so pop smoke is on the left Polo G is on the right which one do you think has more spotify (laughs) streams per month number one
0: Looks more. Oh, smoke. I'm go the guy on the right. I don't know which one he is.
1: So you're going to the guy on the right, is it?
0: <laughs> the guy on the right, I reckon, would have more streams on Spotify.
1: Oh, okay. So, uh, Shane, now Tin Lizzy, no. Tin Lizzy, or AC/DC? Which one do you think has more streams per month? ACDC. Oh, oh no, this is not where it's going. Okay. <laughs> 1 0 <laughs> to Shane. <laughs> so, Bob, Cardi B or Nicki Minaj? Cardi B's on the left, Nicki Minaj <laughs> is on the right.
0: It's gotta be Cardi B, right? Well done, My Bob. 1 1. B.
1: Okay, Shane. Ah, one <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. Shane, you two or Aerosmith? You two or Aerosmith? You two? Shit! <laughs> okay. I think- <laughs> I think you need. I think you actually need this I'm one, wrong. Bob, just to draw Drake or Kanye West. Now Drake has just dropped an album, but Kanye is gonna get a divorce from Kim. So I don't even know this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a serious move.
0: I still reckon it's gonna be Kanye West. Just, just repeatability. It's gotta be him.
1: Oh, no. I'm telling you, it's Drake. Drake I don't just... it. <laughs> Shane yeah. is one three, but we'll we'll ask you this anyway, Shane: Journey or Bon Jovi? Uh, I believe, bon Jovi he's, I believe Bon Jovi's on the left look how, Bon Jovi Look how <laughs> mental they dressed back then That was the 80s Jeez, like, look, at the,
0: look at the sock in your man's jeans you should, you should zoom in on that He's got a sock in his jeans Look at the guy you on the know, right picture which, Definitely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ I mean you'd think they'd have a new look Or a river island uh, Shane, did, were, were you right? Uh, anyway. I said Bon Jovi you said bon jovi and that was uh yeah that was right okay uh, listen thanks um let me let me see if the camera change camera okay there we go there you are bob thanks thanks bob for uh, joining yeah. us it was a uh, good Probably fun not. and uh, hopefully we see you again in the future and maybe i'll have a yaris or something even a little flashier